0: Aloha, everyone. Uh, my name is Sam Mullins. Uh, I'm a professor at the Daniel K. Anoy Asia-Pacific Center for Security Studies here in Honolulu, Hawaii.
1: Hi, my name is Raf Pantucci. I'm a uh, senior fellow at the S. Rajaratnam School of International Studies in Singapore in the International Center for Political Violence and Terrorism Research.
0: So, Raf, um, I uh, recently read one of your... Uh, papers in foreign policy. And this was, um, you know, uh, I think thought provoking and insightful as ever. And, um, it, you know, specifically you were looking at the changing role of Central Asians and Indians in, in ISIS networks. Uh, just for everyone listening, do you want to kind of briefly recap that for us?
1: Sure, Sam. Thanks. Um, I mean, the idea of the article is one that i have kind of contemplating for a while, because I noticed that when we saw uh, terrorist plotting over the past few years, you'd started to see Central Asians and Indians in particular showing up in attacks outside their borders. And while people may look at this and say, well, you know, what's surprising about, you know, um, people from a Muslim majority country or, well, not in India's case, but, you know, Muslims getting involved in jihadist terrorism, it's actually new to see Central Asians in particular fighting way outside their borders and Indians fighting way out, fighting just outside their borders as well. And so it seemed to me that it's kind of an interesting trend, which has been bubbling along for a while, which kind of hadn't really been sort of picked up on.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I, I, I tend to agree in the sense that unless you really kind of specialize and focus on those two groups, um, it probably is something that kind of can... can Pretty easily slip under the radar, but um, you know the thing that kind of struck me a bit about it is the, the the differences, and you touched on it there. You know you've got the Central Asians coming from, uh, you know, Muslim majority states, but also very authoritarian uh, in nature, with with limited, you know, kind of activities uh, or, or opportunities for, for activism, and then your your Indians are coming from, uh, you know, democratic society. Um, mm. World's third largest uh, Muslim population, but of course, are increasingly marginalised and, 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 arguably even persecuted to some extent uh, under the current government. So, you know, what do you make of that in terms of, you know, can we draw any sort of conclusions from that? Do you think?
1: I mean, I think you raised some really interesting points there, and I think the the question about the Indians one is, you know, is the one that's sort of most difficult in a way because, you know. Indians showing up outside is very new, in fact. I mean, it really only goes back until the war in Syria, where you would see some going there. But, you know, and it, and it does seem potentially it could be linked to the government at the moment, which has got this very sort of aggressive set of policies um, towards, you know, creating a sort of more Hindu state. And frankly, Muslims find themselves very marginalized. And that's always been something that's been kind of an issue within India. But for some particular reason at the moment, it's really taking off. And we see it actually showing up in in potential terrorist violence. I mean, as you know well, I mean, India, you know, has always had a long standing issue in the sort of jihadist milieu in what's happening in Kashmir. But oddly, that's never internationalized. And that's something I've never quite totally sort of understood. Um, But I mean, what do you think? I mean, Kashmir, I know you've looked at a little bit as well. I mean, uh, why is it you think it's never quite showed up?
0: Yeah, you know, it's a funny, it kind of, it it, it reminds me in some ways of, of, uh, you know, uh, the Palestinian issue as well, you know, have certain kind Mm -hmm. of, uh, hotspots that are really enduring and kind of act as these in, in a way uh, an ideological or uh, beacon of grievance if you want to call it that um, which certainly get people riled up but you know have never really been penetrated uh, significantly from the outside and, and maybe it's just because they are so localized that in many ways they're so they're, they're, um, very secure I think from a lot of outside uh, infiltration as compared you know to somewhere like Syria and Iraq as we've seen recently mm. and so I, I think to, to me personally I think it is is largely to do uh, with the practical opportunities um but but but, you know you're right the Indian uh, kind of question really does puzzle me a little bit you know I think that we could perhaps even call it sort of Indian exceptionalism you know the fact that you have Mm. such a large uh, Muslim population and yet far fewer uh, people from within that that population went to Syria and Iraq compared to somewhere like the UK for instance um, so, yeah, to, to throw it back at you, what, what, what do you make of that? I mean, do you think that exceptionalism is, is kind of eroding now?
1: Well, I mean, that was part of the contention I was trying to make, and I've had a, a bit of pushback, frankly, from some Indian colleagues and, uh, you know, others in South Asia who sort of said, well, no, you're jumping the gun a bit here. But, I mean, I think it's new, the fact that we've seen, you know, ISIS in particular championing that they have Indian fighters doing their attacks outside of um, outside of India, you know, and the fact that we've seen... Not only them claiming sort of the odd Kashmiri here and there, but also, you know, using Indians in their attack groups in Afghanistan in particular. Um, and that seems notable. And then the other thing which is striking about it is the way that they're using them. The fact that they use them, for example, in attack on a Sigurdowara in um, in mm-hmm. Kabul. You know, it's very clearly an attack by ISIS on an Indian target. And it just kind of it suggests that there is something new here. And this is the point that I wanted to kind of pull out of the article is that you know. Yes, Indians are definitely in a different place to Central Asians, but it is starting to shift in that direction and you know, the potential that it opens up is potentially really quite worrying.
0: Yeah no I, I mean I tend to agree If like I I don't follow it in quite the, the level of detail as, as many do but um you know just casually observing the, the, the kind of news stories as well what we've seen is this uptick in reports of, of um you know jihadist related cases being discovered particularly in Kerala in the south of the country where I think they had the links to the the Easter Sunday bombings in Sri Lanka so it is exactly. a, a potentially concerning issue that could be quite inflammatory down the line um yeah and no, I, think I that,
1: agree that does bring us, Great. I think, to the end of our time, there, doesn't it, Sam, unfortunately? It does,
0: it does. <laughs>